All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Barlow's been the one and twos. 1-800-707-9760 is your number. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Okay, if you're looking to step up your cocktail game or get any inside info on any new seasonal products coming or you just want to order online for same day delivery, just go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of your Dallas Cowboys. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so before we go on, spoiler alert, U.S. national team ends in a tie. 1-1. So they do get points off of their opening um, match. But this because I think you told me the goal, which I didn't see it because we're doing the show. I'm going to have to check the read. But they scored. In the, I saw the first goal, but they scored, what, the 88th minute? Uh, 82nd minute. 82nd so there was still a little, little bit more time there to respond. I think they played an extra seven on top of that with the injury time. stoppage time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that, that the, if you're following Group B now, England on top with that big win. They've got their three points for the victory. Uh-huh. Uh, Wales and United States now tied with one apiece, and Iran uh, in last in Group B with the loss. Uh, well, after 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 watch the game and not seeing it, it feels like they let one slip away. But at least they gave the point, didn't get shut out. Back to the American football. Um, so that's my take on that. But Patrick Mahomes put on the cape and he got it done. Also, uh, yesterday, speaking of the Bills and Josh Allen, you got to give them credit, man. They dealt with the distractions of the snow blizzard, lake effect snow all week. The pitchers started to come out on Friday and Saturday. You saw what the people of Buffalo were dealing with. I mean, Bills Mafia blowing snow and everything out of Josh's driveway, other people's homes so they could get to the airport even to get out. So they did all that, got off to a little slow start, but they weathered the storm and got a victory, a convincing victory against the Cleveland Browns. And you got to give credit because not too many teams can handle and do all those distractions during the week you get out of your routine plus you know you're on a short week plus you know you got to play again thursday on turkey day back at detroit there's a lot of things that can sleep uh, seep into your head and pretty much cause a distraction but that comes down to good team good leadership and good coaching when you can kind of minimize that and still find a way under hostile environments for your regular routine during the week, still find a way to go beat a National Football League team. What do you got? With personal interest in the other side, mm-hmm. right? All season, you've, you've said the Bills can really go off if they can get their run game going. And mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns haven't been able to stop a nosebleed. When a team comes in struggling in the running game, it feels like a get right kind of game, and it feels like Buffalo got right um, the other day. Uh, of course, a Singletary had 86 yards. Cook had 86 yards. I mean, you take this environment, the game from being an outdoor environment potentially in Buffalo. You bring it inside. Talked about you talked about on Friday about how that could you know maybe be a, a difference maker. You know, with the, the the weather change at that point, and they still didn't even need Josh Allen's you know golden arm to take care of business they really did a lot on the ground well yeah i think um you know i'd have to see a trend of that to really feel like they have solved their running problems or the lack of depending on josh so much i think now it makes sense because at the end of the day josh is hurt josh isn't 100 percent, so they really have no choice but to try to get singletary whoever else going because you can't just have josh putting himself in harm's way anymore 
Um, in regards to the defensive side of the ball at Leslie Frazier, I got to give him credit because they, I watched some of that game. They went and pretty much said, hey, anybody but Chubb is beating us. We're not letting Chubb beat us. If you can beat us without Chubb, good luck. And they and they stopped him, and they couldn't do it. Um, you know, like I said, they got off to a good start. You know, Jacoby's problem that Jacoby's had in all of his three stops as the duct tape emergency guy is that he just has a tendency, whether it's an interception from it, he just fumbles the ball at the wrong times. He just turns over the ball. And, 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 and to be honest with you, they're not always interceptions. They're just fumbles. Whether it's an exchange, it seems like he always has a problem with an exchange with the center and the snap on every stop he's had. But I think the fumble he had really killed their momentum. It really killed it um, and was able to get things going. Uh, but credit to Buffalo, they march on. That division, I mean, and now if you look at it again, it's crazy because the AFC West got the hype going into the season in August. And if you go look at the records in the AFC East, that's what everybody thought the records were going to look like in the AFC West. All teams are two games above at least 500. And I think that hasn't happened. I forgot when's the last time that's happened. It's been a while since that's happened. I forgot I forgot what year that was. That's happened the last time a division. All four teams has been at least two games or more over 500. So um, it really makes it interesting when you talk about the Bills still being 0-2 in the division and still having to go and play some of those teams for the first time and then at least one other time, you know, and they sit at 0-2. So it's a lot to be decided, and oh, and Bills come to the party. I mean, at least he's got a defense. I mean, I still don't know if they've got the offense to keep up with a Miami or a Buffalo, but that defense is slowly but surely coming into a juggernaut this year with Bill Belichick. 1-800-707-9760. What do you got? The NFC East could join the AFC East as another one of those all-winning divisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington the, the is, is the slacker, I guess you could say, of the group. Uh, just one game above 500 at 6-5. and five, but. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to call the commander slackers. I mean, they keep catching W's, uh, wins. Uh, you know, yesterday after the game, they were able to go ahead. And I thought Texans could have been a game they could have stubbed their toe in. But they were in there with Taylor Heineke. And, you know, Ron Rivera made it official uh, afterwards when asked directly the question to say, hey, no, it's going to be uh, Taylor Heineke. We'll see when Carson is healthy enough to be he can back him up. You know, so he pretty much, you know, he's had a – a whirlwind of emotions because he stuck his neck on the line for Carson Wentz. And then, you know, when he gets criticized, he snaps back at the media. And ever since then, they've only dropped one game since that Monday night. And then now you're making the decision to tell Carson Wentz, hey, man, sorry, you lost your job. Two injury and good play by Tyler Henneke. But I'll tell ask Commander fans, too. I mean, I said I told, asked you all this last week. It, it, it's one of those where it's it's good thing. But if you really look at the future and look at where you had this guy on the roster and he played a playoff game, you really have to say, why did we just, why did we go give that up to the Colts for Carson Wentz? Why? I mean, when we had this guy right here, I mean, you can't tell me that they missed. I mean, they see this guy. Now, to me, it's, I'm going to see how. Taylor Heineke goes forward. I think he's going to be okay, but I've always told you, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's the poster child kid for this, or I should say man. When you name him a starter, everything different. Your mentality and psyche and the pressure comes different. When you're coming out of the bullpen or you're coming off the bench, 
you know, you can let it fly. You can let it rip. I think Taylor Heineke, because he stayed professional and he prepared and he's earned this. I really do think he's earned this start. Where do I put him? Do I really look him as a legit starting franchise quarterback? Probably still not. I need to see more, and I don't think he is. But I think for what he gives this team right now and the way they turn it out, you can win. And that goes to the next thing in regards to where maybe Mr. Jameis Winston can take a page and say, I don't know who told you that. That's the message I have from Mr. Winston. You know, Jameis finally did an open interview about him not being the starter anymore for the Saints, who got a victory with the Rams, by the way. The Rams are really going through it. Uh, their offensive line injuries, they haven't been able to recover from that. They're not. I said it Friday. I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew Stafford retires at the end of the season. And I don't know how the Rams get better because they have no picks and they're going to be in cap hell here in another year or so, too. But anyway, back to the point. The point is with Jameis Winston being kind of salty about losing. He just said, hey, you know, it hurts. But I just thought it was one of those things you couldn't lose your job to injury. You're not supposed to. I'm like, uh, where have you been? What NFL did you grow up watching? Okay. I mean, yeah, you can. Just happened to Carson Wentz. It's happened before. I mean, that's just the way they end, especially at that position. You have a more, you have a better chance of losing your uh, job to an injury at that position than any other position on the field. Because the media, the crowd, and when a team's struggling, a guy comes in, sometimes they say, hey, man, maybe this is the guy. You lose your job. So I don't know who told Jameis Winston that. But that AFC East is going to be very interesting coming down the stretch. But Zach Sala, they've got some issues because I do believe there's some there's some defensive players that Zach going to have to eat some crow and he's going to have to apologize to if they're because this is a young team you're dealing with. Speaking of the Jets, you don't want these type of problems uh, surfacing. 1-800-707-9760. Also in the NFL, before we go on, let's yeah, let's go to the phones here real quick. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 and 1300 The Zone in Fox South Central West uh, Texas. Waco, what's going on? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm rolling back to uh, Texas right now. Getting ready for Thanksgiving. I want to tell you, you and your uh, people at your station, have a good Thanksgiving, man. Um, and um, before I get to the NFL, I just wanted to say that to you guys. Do a good job, and like I say, I I, I listen to you guys while I'm driving. Give me something to do. But yeah, let me let me let me say this, man, about the uh, situation with the um, with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, don't I want I, you know? I know you got some people that listen to the show that are big Dallas fans. Don't be surprised because the Dallas is so inconsistent, man. Don't be surprised if Dallas come out on um, Thursday and spoil your Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, because I really doubt if the Cowboys are going to play like that on th uh, Thursday against the um, uh, New York Giants. We'll see what happens. But like I say, they have to keep the same strategy. They got to keep running the ball. You can't let you, – you can't, like you've been saying for weeks now – Dak, you can't let the guy go out and throw 40 times in the game. You got you got Zeke and you got Pollard that's running real good. You got to keep those guys involved in the offense if the Cowboys want to beat the Giants on Thursday. And I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike, and thank you for the kind words. And you have a safe and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family as well, too. Be safe on those roads. Appreciate you checking in and listening to us every day. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that's a big division game with the Giants. The Giants stubbed their toe uh, yesterday against Detroit. I had Detroit winning that game because Detroit Giants were due 
to lay one of those down. And I think the Giants have put themselves in a tough situation, even when we're talking about Daniel Jones, on what they're going to do with Daniel. Because, you know, no one really had the Giants with this record. Everybody knew the Giants were going to be looking for their quarterback in this draft if Daniel didn't do something, you know, crazy, which he's got this team 7-3 and three now, only their third loss. But back to Mike's point on Thursday night, look, Dallas has been known to lay eggs on Thanksgiving. Okay. They've, they've had some losses that they shouldn't have on Thanksgiving. Um, I've been saying forever that it's no way they should have that game at home every year. I think it, to, to me, them in Detroit, like if you want to keep it tradition, that's fine. And they want to play every Thursday, but they should have to rotate. It shouldn't be at home, everything. That's a whole other conversation. I'll bring that up every time this year. It's it's We're past that. You want to leave those two teams, and I know they've added, like, look, we got like four games on Thanksgiving. You know, it used to just be Detroit and Dallas and whoever they played. Now they've added, like, damn near two, two nightcaps, one mid and nightcap. But the Giants need that game. I mean, I think it's one of those that I don't know if you're going to get. See, the problem is Dallas, when Mike talks about the inconsistency and they're not going to play that way against the Giants. See, there is some truth to that, but the reality of it is you don't, they don't need to play all lights out like they did against Minnesota to be a successful team and to make a deep run. They just got to be more consistent at that level. It's like Kenny Smith used to always say about the Spurs doing their title runs and through run through the West. They play like at a 75. While some teams can play like at a hundred, some people sometimes come out. So you, you only doing 40. They put, they Spurs used to stay at a steady 75 and that's kind of where Dallas needs to, their goal need to be. They don't have to be all that. Like I said, that 40 to three beat that beat down was more about, Minnesota scheduling spot on that. That's really what in the type of game that they they played last weekend. That's really and and you mix that with the disappointment in Green Bay blowing at two times. I knew they would. I knew Minnesota wasn't coming back last night because Dallas is no way this coaching staff and this team led by Dak could allow that to happen two weeks in a row. Now, do they come out and play that you know stellar? No, but they I don't think they have to to beat the Giants. They just have to try to continue to eliminate the penalties and I still and this would be another test about the run situation I just don't think like I've been saying for weeks I'm I like the hire I was high on Minnesota the win in north Kevin O'Connell I told you about Jefferson and and this system compared to with Cooper Cup I love all that but Kevin O'Connell's never really had a running game on offense that's going to really fear you running the ball so much Okay, so I don't know. I still feel Dallas has to show me consistently. They're about to see Philly again. They're going to get Barkley this weekend with the Giants. I mean, Thursday on Thanksgiving. They've got to show me that they really have fixed this run problem. Philly got spooked last Monday. They went out and signed two guys. Dominic Sue and I forgot my other guy that they signed. They signed two guys in that. They made some plays against the Colts. Speaking of the Eagles, keep it in the East. Jalen Hurts. He didn't quite go in the phone booth like Patrick Mahomes, but he put him on it back to rally. And you know what? There's two teams that really are the poster child of what took place yesterday that pretty much tells you and really gives you a visual of that cliche that everybody gets tired of hearing. If you've watched football or you've covered the NFL or any level long enough, you've heard that old cliche more than next man up. You've heard Good good teams, great teams find a way to win when they're not at their best. And bad teams find a way just to lose games. And when you look at the Eagles, yesterday was a game that they found a way to win when they really didn't have their stuff. 
You know, they really didn't have their stuff. And also, I think the struggles, and, and I'm going to give them a little curve because you got to understand, their head coach of Eagles, Sirianni, he used to basically call plays over there for Indy. He's worked some few years with Gus Bradley, the Colts defensive coordinator. I think when you looked at that game last night or yesterday, you could see that there was, you know, the Colts were very prepared about their schemes and their running the way they want to run. They did a good job with the run only in the first half. They really, you know, the, the double team blocks, they, they, they handled that stuff. And I think that's them just knowing that guy and working with them now again, but the Eagles did not play their best. Now, taking nothing away from the Colts, I mean, they've been playing harder under Jeff Saturday. You know, evidently they're rallying around him from all the naysayers that say he shouldn't have got hired. But at the end of the day, what I will say, you know, is that that is a sign of a good team. Speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, that you can win a game on the road by you where you're not really doing that great. You're not, you're not, you don't have your best. You don't have your fastball that day. That's sign of a team that's going somewhere. On the losing side of things, it's just, hey, two out of three weeks. I mean, I mean, you can fire coaches and you can do all that, but I think you just got to have some bros and Joes thoughts too when you look at the Colts because that's two out of three weeks in their crib that they've had a game on the line with their defense. And their defense has played pretty much solid all year. I mean, the Colts record is not really too much on the defense. However, in the last two out of three weeks it is. I mean, because they've had uh, Heineke, and they've had Hurts now, which is an MVP conversation. They've had a game in their crib on the line up. And the team doesn't need a field goal to tie or go to overtime to beat you. They need a touchdown. And they've had 70, 80-yard-plus drives given up for them two out of three. That's somewhat of bros and joes. That's just playmakers. That's just the lack of guys in the, in the, in, in the pass rush at that time of close games. You can say, hey, they're tired. Their offense not doing it. That's the observation on the Colts. But the Philadelphia Eagles, they find a way to win when they're not at their best. The polar opposite of that, old cliche, bad team just find a way to lose, go to Colorado. Speaking of the Denver Broncos and the Raiders, who the Raiders get off the mat and get out of ICU for a little bit as they win in walk-off fashion, and mile high. Look, um, you you are have you're you're putting a bad team out of players, whether they're backups, third strings, which they NFL legally. I'm gonna keep saying that, but that, that's no excuse. You got to be a bad team. The way the Raiders been playing, you got to be pretty bad to be up 10-0 at home and don't beat the Raiders. And the thing I will say about yesterday's game. Now, granted, they did a good job. Of keeping it quiet. Hackett gave up his play calling duties. That wasn't really released to like late Saturday. Uh, Gary Kubiak's son that's up in there, he was able to call the plays. It looked better. They looked more creative. Uh, Patrick Sertan yesterday had an awful day at the office. He had a bad day yesterday. I've been high on him. I think he's still all world. He had a bad day. He's got to understand Devontae Adams is going to come back looking for Shawshank after the performance he had last week. But that's a bad team. Find a way to lose that game the way they did. I'll add a little bit more to that. We'll circle back around a little some other NFL news and notes. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Bartlett. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back.
Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official Sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Paradise life relaxing. Black, Latino, and Anglo-Saxon. Amani exchange the range. Cast, lost, tribal, Shabazz. Free at last. Brand new whips to crash. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer. Bartlett, spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. And we've been broadcasting from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this last segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, the key to any perfect cocktail. And that is Zing Zang. All right. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come on all different flavors. Or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 1-800-707-9760. All right. So... Before I answer some more questions on Facebook Live, uh, let me finish up with that game. So, yeah, I told you Eagles are your definition of a good team when you know you're a good, good team, when you can win games, when you're not at your best. Well, you saw the opposite in Colorado. The uh, Bad teams will find a way to lose games. Now, granted, I think, you know, Kubiak did a better job of really – making Russ look a little bit more comfortable. At the end of the day, he's playing behind second, third string off the line. He's running for his life. Uh, but when you just look at a decision, and this is why I know that a coach is listening to the media, local media, and the fan bases, because go look at the call at third and 10. Raiders have, 
I think at that time, Raiders had no timeouts left. Yeah, no timeouts left. It's third and 10. And you call a pass and play. Incompletion. Now, suppose you're supposed to eat 45 seconds off that clock. 44. If you know that you're, and you're up 13-10 at that time. But you know what? That lets me know he listens because he goes back to week one. Where, well, they said put it in Russ's hand. No. Not what we're talking about. 13-10. And like I said, the defense, Patrick Saint had an off day. And, you know, the Raiders will walk off like that. I mean, Raiders are still a bad football team. They got a ways to go. I mean, that's the reason why I say when you look at the Chargers, you look at Denver, you look at, at uh, the Raiders. They've just got to ask themselves really – how far are we off or where are we at to Kansas City? And and they and look, they've been asking themselves that for the last four or five years. But I'm saying that a lot of it has to do more than the bros and joes, but from a coaching standpoint. That's the deal from a coaching standpoint. 1-800-707-9760. What you got? Over on Twitter, uh, you have Sean uh, asking, how are you feeling about Nathaniel Hackett? I know it's his first season, but do you think he makes it past this season? Do they show patience, or do you think the new ownership goes after another guy? I mean, I don't know. I've been asked that question a lot. Like, I, where I stand in it, with it, I'm going to be consistent. I mean, I'm just not into firing coaches after the first year. Even if you feel like, unless it's a – unless it's a uh, – character situation whether it's something like they get caught up in a legal situation doing something sometimes you eat cheese and just realize i may have got the wrong guy but i've got if it's especially if it's not his second third go around if it's first as a coach now with that said the other people look at it well if you know the, the guy's over his head or he's just not the right guy why wait another year that's the other question do i think that well first of all i can tell you i do not think he's going to get fired during the season I think the only I would absolutely say there's no way he's getting fired. But I, at the end of the season, after just one year, but I can't say that because they've got new ownership. So who knows what that group wants to do? I'm pretty sure they're evaluating everything. Um, the only way I think it would make sense to fire him now is if you knew that you had the coach on your staff that you wanted next. And their defensive coordinator is going to get some job interviews. And it ain't just because of Rooney rule. I mean, this brother, he's the real deal. I, I mean, that that's hard to do when you have an offense that is that horrible. I think you have to go back to the 1936 Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it was 1938. That's the last team in the NFL to have the number one overall scoring defense and the dead last offense in the league. That's a long-ass time ago. That's sickening. There's a lot of factors that go into that, but I don't know if they're going to be one and done with him or not. I know the rumor has it down there. A lot of the base, they want him. That first-round pick that they got from Miami because they want Chubb. A lot of people down there, they want them to go ahead and entertain um, trading that first-round pick to the New Orleans Saints for the rights of Sean Payton. But I'm telling you, that's the only guy that I could see right now that I would be like, look, I'd be interested to really see this team healthier and letting Nathaniel Hackett walk into next year on the Supro and Fuego seat. And if he, and if it get if it hasn't if he hasn't learned 
to give a look. But but the alarming thing is to give up the play calling this late. And again, the release of Melvin Gordon today, that's like 11 weeks too late because he should have never been on the roster. But it's damn sure for Nathaniel Hackett's call, it's six weeks too late. That's sliding the first base hustle. That's fake hustle to me because that's that's also showing me that he's listening to me because it's like, where's the, everybody's asking, where's the accountability? Where's the accountability? First of all, Melvin Gordon shouldn't even been anywhere close to on the field when they got in the red zone. Based off of what happened in week one, week four and five, it, it just is what it is. But then you release them today to show, okay, here we go. It's too late. That's fake hustle. It's things like that that could maybe get you one and done. But I'm just not into firing coaches in their first year, and especially if their first year of coaching. Now, if he'd been on a retread, that's one thing. But this is it. He's, he's got nine, ten games in. We'll see how it goes. But – they're, 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 it's, it's, it's done. They've got too much stuff to overcome. It's, it's on to the next with them. Hit the reset button. That's why NFL is so hard, but it's why it's king. Because you spend all offseason putting puzzles together and anything can throw it off. And it's like a trickle down domino effect, but it's no trade that can save you. There's no, there's no guy that's yelling to get out of this city and we just trade him, give our future up. We're in the playoffs. None of that happens in NFL. You got to put the reset button. You got to go back to drawing table. And you got to help pray for good health. That's the reality of it. 1-800-707-9760. Let's keep it going. Let's go to uh, the phones. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 The Zone. What's up, Fernando? Hey, Calvin. Thanks for having me. I just wanted to comment real quick. I think uh, the Longhorns this weekend, they, they did what they needed to do, which was great. Good for them. I think a great test, though, was coming up uh, with Baylor. You know, Baylor should have beaten TCU there in, in the last seconds there. Uh, Aranda is going to make some real good adjustments. I think he's a real good coach. And uh, so I think it's going to uh, it's going to test Sark and uh, his ability to make adjustments, which I think has been a problem with them. Because if you notice, as soon as they stop the run, you know, he starts throwing the ball all over the place. And it doesn't help, you know, that uh, either they're dropping passes or yours is throwing the ball all over the place. So I think part of it is uh, is Sark's, you know, inability to make adjustments. But then when he does, they don't help him out. His team doesn't help him out. So I, I think it's going to be a real good test uh, on Friday. But anyway, you guys have a good Thanksgiving, and we'll talk on the other side. All right, Fernando. Thanks. You too, man. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, look, as soon as Sark landed Manning, I told you that that's going to buy him another year or two. I never was down for him getting this job because of the prestige of what this job means in this country. It's one of the top, if you combine NFL and college, it's one of the top three jobs in the country when you're talking about football. What did Sark really do to earn that? Get his life together, stay sober. A lot of people have to do that. Go sit under Nick for two years, be his offensive coordinator, call plays with really no pressure. I'm not going to say anybody can do that because not everybody can do that. But what did he really do to sit there and say, hey, he did that to that program. We need that. Down. And that's from a program that's been down. Speaking of University of Texas, I told you I'm sticking to what I said. I'm sticking to that. They flirted and had, they've been so excited and so wanting 
been sitting next to that girl, pretty girl for years in class. She keeps getting the same classes you do. And you just want to ask her out. They've been flirting with Nick Saban so much for years and thought they could buy him, thought they almost had it. And then it's like, well, we've tried to stick it on. What's the best thing that we can do? Well, we can't get him. Get something that falls close to him. Go ask her best friend out. See if she'll go out with you. That's how he got the job. That's why Texas went and got him. Okay? I mean, that's the reality. The reports is Sonny Dykes wanted the job. But there were some boosters that didn't want him. That was, that was according to a report the uh, last week, which I don't know how much credit I give that just because the timing of it. That came out the week that they played TCU. But that's my, that's my opinion. I think it's going to just depend on let's see what kind of bowl game they get. You know, let's see how they finish the bowl and let's just see how this recruiting and it's really just see how they come back next year. I mean, next year will be his third year. You know, and we'll see how it plays out at that time. Um, Let's see here. What do we got? Dante Evans is saying, do you think Mike McCarthy can save his job this year without a Super Bowl banner? Um, you know what, Dante? I, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, I think the only way that Jerry would really entertain letting Mike McCarthy go at this point, regardless what happens in January and December, is for the fact that if he's really wanting Sean Payton to come back and coach and Sean Payton wants to go back to Dallas. I don't believe I've been on this whole Sean Payton kick, but this was before I knew how many teams were going to be really in competition for him and kind of basically me really putting it all in perspective and really thinking about everything in the landscape. And I've kind of cooled off from that. But to answer your question, Dante, just Mike McCarthy, I think they would have to really be like really show up that first playoff game unprepared and be one and done. And when I say unprepared, just like get blown out, get the doors blown off and now act like, and then maybe questioning comes like, okay, if this guy's out here speaking of Sean, does Jerry want to make the move? I think what he's done, the fact that they were able to win what they did without Cooper rush when he was in without Dak, I should say, I think that really showed and bought him some time in regards to um, the situation. But that's how I look. But for the most part, I think he's going to be the Dallas Cowboy coach again next year. I still think Sean Payton's going to end up in L.A. I think Sean Payton's going to – I think if you're Sean Payton, if you want a veteran quarterback, he's going to want a veteran quarterback. And at that time, Herbert falls kind of into that sort of. Um, when you look at the possibilities of Herbert or Russ – um. Who else? You had had um, earlier. He was linked to Miami. Do you think if, that McDa if, if, you think if, if, McDaniel is no, safe? Yeah. The relationship that he and yeah. Tua have now, he's safe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Miami's gonna be a problem. McDaniel's. I mean, that guy. Um, Colorado native, by the way, that Denver never interviewed. But Mc, but that guy right there. Look, <laughs> good luck slowing this offense down the second half of the season. And it's going to be problems for years to come. So he's safe. Sometimes you hit it out the park. Some guys are just born to do it. And they got the right combination of bros and Joe. So, no, Sean Payton's not going to South Beach. I'm just thinking my point of what I was getting to by naming Herbert and Russell, if you throw some other teams you can think of in there and you put it all in the mix, the guy that I would believe, in my opinion, and the place where you would want to go live, you would want to go coach Herbert. 
But I think this, it just depends on because the Spano family that owns the charge, they're cheap as hell, man. It just depends if they want to pay that and if they want to give them a little stock, you know. So we'll see how it plays out, man. But those are the questions that's going to start coming as we're heading down the stretch of the last month of the season um, as well, too. 1-800-707-9760. All right. So also, what else we got? We got one more. Xavier Murray, UTSA and top 25 on the polls. Hashtag birds up. Yeah, it, it looks like, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they crack the top 25 in the playoffs. Like, you know, back technically back-to-back champions of Conference USA. That's impressive, man. That's impressive for uh, Coach Trailer. You know, we've had a total of two other coaches come through here before him. Um, they played their they, – they added to the UTSA legacy in their own right. I think each one of them added and met, left the program a little bit better than what it was before. Uh, but to sit there and be in Texas and to be in UTSA – and this is still a young program, people. Compared to how old some of these Division One schools are, this football program is still an infant, believe it or not, compared to the big, the grand scheme of things. To get back-to-back conference championships, that's very impressive. And that's only going to help in recruiting, and that's only going to help, again, with the kids that are around this region, even in the 210, really looking at this as a place to where, like, hey, even if I go play there, I, my talents will be seen and noticed, and I can still get to Sundays. What do you got? Well, and, of course, they're doing that on their way out of Conference USA. You know, yeah, this, is, yeah. this builds big momentum heading to the AAC. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you take off. You know, back to back, you know, championships. If, and, and then, of course, you two weeks now. Now you've got home field advantage at the Alamo Dome for the Conference USA Championship game here coming down the stretch. There, it's not done yet. There is mm-hmm. one more, but but if you can, you know, as a, as a mid major program, which is technically what you know UTSA is, it's a, it's a mid major. Uh, if you can finish, and, and last year they they cracked the you know top fifteen in the USA Today, and they were on the college football playoffs last year. That's a lot, of, and, and it does a lot for the national brand where everybody was calling them University of Texas at San Antonio. Now UTSA is rolling hmm. off the tongue. You got Tariq Woolen showing out and doing what he can do in the showing what he was able to do in you know in the NFL level. I think that it's just slowly building, you know, like you say, into this machine where it's really just going to help recruiting here in this area. Yeah, um, I think also it's one of those that it's you know you tell uh, look Scott Van Pelt gives him love all the time every during a lot of his segments, especially on his bad beat segments and his picks in college. He talks about the triangle toughness all the time, but that's what you want for a startup program that's still in their infrastructure changes to start getting that exposure and having guys have success at the next level on Sundays as well. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. Also, uh, circling back one point, I want to get to NBA wise uh, before we get out. Well, first of all, before we go to NBA. We're going to put a bow tonight on week 11. Uh, you got a Monday night matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, um, Colt McCoy is going to start again. That's come down the wire here in the last few hours. He's going to get the start. Kyler Murray's out. Uh, I think the team has looked better and played better with, under Colt. Now, the only thing I will say is I think Colt McCoy's banged up too. So I'm going to wonder, is Colt McCoy going to last if he's going to be able to get through this game? Uh, but they're rolling with them. Um, Arizona, of course, is in a desperate need of a win. But the 49ers, um, as they get healthier, like I said, in the top of the first hour, I just feel that they're the team to they're going to be the team to beat, I believe, in January. I really do. 
I mean, they're a team that I think is a prime in the position, like the Rams were last year at this time, to get hot and to ride on. They got the defense to do it, and they've added another weapon in Christian McCaffrey, and, of course, they've got Jimmy G. So I just feel that that's the team, if they can get healthy, that that's still going to be the team to beat come January December. I really like their, their roster defensively and the coach and Kyle. They've been knocking on the door for a minute. And I just think, like I've been saying, I think the football gods are going to give Jimmy one. Go ahead. This divisional game is taking place in Mexico City tonight. Sure is. Which fan base do you think um, you know really kind of takes over, or do you think it's just going to be like a Germany thing, where uh, like the, the, the game in Munich, where you know maybe for the first part of the part of the game, maybe the Seahawks had the momentum, then everybody you know it, it, it switched you know to kind of Tom, supporting Tom Brady. Do you think there's going to no. be some of that, or no? Because I think Germany Germany is new to the party here in the last few years of our style of football. Mexico, especially because of Dallas and, you know, that being our bordering neighbor, they've been connected to American style football. I think I can't remember the last game that I saw viewed in there in Azteca Stadium. I forgot who it was just a few years back, but I can't remember exactly the crowd reaction, but I wouldn't expect the same thing as Germany. I mean, in those even in England and London, you have guys, people that just show up NFL wise and they're just fans. Mexico is a little bit more educated when it comes to the NFL, our NFL crowd, where you've got really Dallas. I mean, there's Dallas country over there. Jerry owns across the border, too. I mean, there's there's fans over there living in Mexico that they're really legit NFL fans. So I don't think it's going to be anything like, um, you know, the Germany situation. It's two different things. So who do you think the, the crowd supports? Arizona or San Francisco? Who has technical home? I would say I would say pretty much San Francisco is a team that has a lot of rich tradition over decades and decades time that travels that brand travels everywhere. So if you had to put me on the spot, I would say them. But that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Bartlett spending the one and twos, San Antonio, Austin. Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button and before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.